This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Takes a shot, runs into the box, shot, score! It's time for Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Tune in as Jason Longshore gives you insight and analysis on the beautiful game, including headlines from around the world of soccer. Rebound, score! This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight, brought to you by Moe's Southwest Grill. Welcome to Moe's. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's Jason Longshore. Let's kick it. Atlanta Soccer Tonight, live on 92.9, The Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Jason Longshore. Welcome to our weekly show where we cover soccer in Atlanta. Georgia, the Southeast, the United States, the Hemisphere, the world, and beyond. That's what we do. And it feels like this game is getting more and more global. Maybe I'm just in the kind of build-up to tomorrow night with League's Cup and Atlanta United and Inter-Miami and one Lionel Messi and his good friend Sergio Busquets. Looks like they might start tomorrow. We'll get into that. We're going to get into this match. We're also going to talk about the League's Cup as a whole. We're going to get into the Women's World Cup, all of the news of the day, and more. That's what we do on AST. Make sure you are subscribed to Off the Woodwork. That's where you can get all of our soccer content from 92.9 The Game. You can get it on the Odyssey app, but you can also get it wherever you get your podcasts, and we will take care of you. Off the Woodwork. Tons of content there already, tons more coming. And there's going to be a lot about this match tomorrow night. Atlanta United and Inter Miami. Inter Miami started the League's Cup with a win. And, you know, you might have seen the goal from Lionel Messi that won that match. I don't know, maybe about 500 times by now. It's one of those moments. It's one of those really, really special moments when we talk about this game and our memories of it. You know, for me, I fell in love with the game because of Diego Maradona. And no, it wasn't the game against England in 1986. It was actually the semifinal against Belgium. And I mean, just sitting here thinking about it, I can see the second goal that he scored in that game. That was the goal that made me want to play and then keeps me involved in the game today that messy free kick that was one of those kinds of moments in this league and yes it's a league's cup it's not a league match I think a lot of people are really harping on those sorts of things um doesn't really matter if, if you follow the game you know that 
clubs play different competitions throughout a year and players play for different teams and different competitions, a national team and a club team. You have to separate some of that. We know that if, if you're a, a sicko when it comes to soccer like me. But this messy goal, it is kind of a seminal moment for not just Inter Miami, not for Lionel Messi. He's got a lot of those moments. For Major League Soccer, absolutely it is. But maybe even bigger than that, maybe just soccer in the United States. It's one of those kinds of moments when you're writing a script about this kind of a situation bringing a world superstar to a new city it's his debut how do you end that script if you're off in fantasy land it's with the hero scoring the the winning goal well that actually happened and it was a incredible moment it's an incredible free kick it's just an incredible moment all the way around now that being said and that moment will live forever that should be, you know, if you're creating the sizzle reel for Major League Soccer, that's the start of it and that's the end of it right now. But you do have to talk about this game from Friday and how it affects the game tomorrow night between Atlanta and Miami. When you look back at the match in its entirety, Miami and Cruz Azul, who has struggled so far this season and struggled to end Last season, they outplayed Miami, not by a lot. Um, they outshot them 18 to 12, uh, eight shots on target. That's seven saves for Drake Callender, who was massive in this game for Inter Miami. Miami had 12 shots, six on target, a little bit more of the possession, 52.4% for Miami. In that match on Friday night, Lionel Messi and Sergio Busquets did not start. According to Tata Martino in his media availability today, there is a very good chance that they start here. And Tata pointed out something that I've tried to remind people of. When Leo starts, he typically plays 90 minutes. And this was something that Pep Guardiola learned very early on during his time with Barcelona. He pulled Messi in a game. I think Barca was on the road in, in Pep's first year. Uh, kind of a meaningless game. Game was sealed. Barcelona had it. It's done. I think he had just come back from international duty. So Pep thinking like you would in that situation, I'm, I'm going to give him the rest of the night off. I'm going to let him have some time to rest. Well, he subbed him off and Messi glared at him and then didn't talk to him for two or three days. He wants to play. He's He's just wired differently than the rest of us. So... If he starts, he's probably going to play 90. Busquets, a little bit different conversation. Um, and he's the one that I'm actually a little more intrigued by when we get into this. But you go back to how Miami started on Friday night. DeAndre Yedlin, Kamal Miller, Sergey Kriftsov, and Ian Frey, who in, was injured in the match. He's out for the rest of the season. So the fullback situation for Miami will change. Uh, Dixon Arroyo, David Ruiz, Benjamin Kremaski. That was your midfield. Busquets came into that. Messi could come in there. He could play as one of the wingers, kind of a second forward kind of role. Robbie Robinson, Robert Taylor, and Leo Campana. That was the rest of the starting lineup for Miami on Friday. Atlanta United, when we talk about that side of this, and you look at what you're going to be facing, 
Lionel Messi is a very difficult player, obviously, to bottle up. There's really not many teams in the world that have done that. Go back and look at the last World Cup. Uh, didn't happen very much, did it, from some of the best players in the world. Um, it's not going to be easy, and I don't think it's a realistic expectation. He's going to have moments. You want to keep them at moments. You want to limit them. You want to limit his options, and that's maybe the hardest thing from a mindset perspective here. This isn't the old days like that 1986 World Cup final where Lothar Mateus man-marked Diego Maradona kind of took himself out of Germany's uh, ability to play and get forward and do their thing. Um, but Mateus man-marked Maradona as best as anybody could at that stage. You're not really going to do that. You're not going to man-mark Lionel Messi, even at his age, even at 36, even with his you know, limited mobility. And I'm not saying that from a fact that he can't run. It's that he chooses when to run. He picks his spots. You're not just going to sacrifice a player to stand next to him the whole game. And they still might not limit him, even if you do that. It's going to be a team effort. It's going to be a uh, combined effort between the center backs, between the central midfielders. It's going to be trying to prevent the ball from getting to Messi in the first place. But more importantly, and Gonzalo Pineda talked about this today at media availability, and I'm going to play this clip for you. It's about what Atlanta does with the ball. That's how you're going to deal with Leo Messi and with Sergio Busquets, not by just purely thinking about defending them. It's not letting them have the ball. Here's Gonzalo Pineda. Well, you know my philosophy. You know how I think. Um, uh, the best way to, to limit a very good player uh, to, to put uh, attacking actions and to create chances on goal is don't give him the ball. It's uh, having more the ball than them. It's having good possession. Uh, that's normally how we do or we try to do against good players. Uh, and of course, we know he can be very dangerous, uh, but also is the connection, right? Uh, Busquets seems to be very good at finding him in the pockets. Um, and I think uh, if we can limit that, having more the ball than them, I think we're going to be, be okay. Uh, it's just. Uh, a matter of that personality that it takes to be in a, in that type of a stage, in that type of stadium, with that type of energy, uh, and and having more the ball, having always being always in control of the game, having good good possession sequences, being together when we are in possession, being compact, having having a lot of numbers in the attacking half, and from there if we lose the ball, we are all there to try to regain the ball. Uh, having all, of course, an eye on their attacking players, all of them, they are dangerous. So uh, I, I don't think uh, that's going to change. The question was specifically about how to limit Messi's effectiveness. I think you can apply a lot of that to limiting Sergio Busquets' effectiveness. And lost in the shuffle, and look, I understand why. I mean, you have that free kick that... You did in this game, and Messi is Messi, and Sergio Busquets should get more attention and more love and more talk about how good he is. Absolutely, he should. He was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant in, in this game. Um, you got to limit his effectiveness. How do you do that? You don't let him have the ball. Because Busquets is a player who, with the ball, is still one of the best in the world. But the other aspects of being a holding midfielder, 
never been his strong suit and more of an issue the less that his team has the ball. And that's what Atlanta United has to do. They have to be patient. They have to have possession, and they have to take care of the ball. You could be seeing a Miami team that starts Lionel Messi, that starts Sergio Busquets, that potentially starts Joseph Martinez. That's three players who are not going to really be aggressive defensively. Now, they're going to have to find that, Miami. They're going to have to find other ways to be aggressive and defend. They can't be passive. But the less that they have the ball, overall, the less effective they are. And I think Atlanta United is going to be structured in that way. You get Miles Robinson back for the first time in a while from national team duty. Yorgos Yakamakis, hopefully, if not 90, very close to it in terms of minutes fit. Uh, Tiago Almada, no question. And, and I do want to talk about Tiago Almada for a minute. So... A lot of talk about Lionel Messi, a lot of talk about Busquets and and Tata Martino and all those different storylines coming into this game. One of the big storylines for me is Thiago Almada against his national team teammate and, I don't know, one of his heroes. And an opportunity to play like Messi in front of Messi. I've always been really reluctant to compare anything about Tiago's game to Messi because it can easily be misconstrued and you can start to take things out of context and all that. But they do have a lot of similarities. Um, I think they feel the game the same way. I think they, they feel the flow of the game the same way. I think early on you see Tiago Almada kind of testing the limits that he's going to have on that day, trying some things. Uh, I think kind of figuring out where the soft spots are in a defense. Uh, Messi does that. Messi, you know, the idea about him walking, and, and this was an obsession with, with some of the, the media from England during the past World Cup about Messi walking. <laughs> so? Um, he's not just walking without a, a purpose. It's Messi mapping the field. Tiago does a lot of that. Tiago on the ball has that acceleration, that change of pace. That's something that Messi's always had in the dribble that's just almost impossible to deal with when he's on his day. He can do the stop-start and go think back to the, the semifinal against Croatia and taking Josko Vardial on a ride with the, the stop-start. You know, he didn't pull any crazy fancy moves. He didn't pull a rainbow to flip it over his head. He went and he slowed down, and then he started again, then he spun. Tiago's really good at those moments. I think there's a lot of similarities in their game, and you cannot tell me that as we are sitting here, you're sitting here with me on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app in Fort Lauderdale, you can't tell me that Tiago is not thinking about what tomorrow night can be. A lot of eyeballs worldwide turned into this game to watch Lionel Messi to watch him play against an MLS team for the first time, to watch him start for Inter-Miami for the first time. be a lot of eyeballs. It's going to be a lot of people who are going to see Tiago Almada as well. You can't tell me that's not a motivator. I think it's going to be a really, really energized Tiago Almada tomorrow night at Drive Pink Stadium. I'm looking forward to that. Some of the notes from Tata Martino's uh, media availability today. 
talked about Messi potentially starting in this. Tata Martino said that Lionel Messi will wear the captain's armband. Um, he he said, he yes, he was our captain last game as well. DeAndre Yedlin wore the armband to start the game. Yedlin gave the armband to Messi when he came into the match. I, you know, it's something where I think we've we've seen this with players come into this league at times where it's been, you know, that they want the armband for whatever reason. Um, I don't know if Messi really cares if he has the armband. I don't think it really matters to him. He's going to be a leader in his way regardless. I do think that at the stage of his career, Lionel Messi is much more comfortable with the armband and being a leader and being a little more vocal. And it sounds like, and we've heard this from Miami players and, and media covering the team, that he's really worked hard to become a good teammate, not just a superstar who shows up and then blows out of the training facility and, and you don't hear from him and he's in the group WhatsApp. Come on. Uh, but Messi has really worked to be an equal to the team. And that's going to go a long way with this group. Tata Martino said that it's very likely that Messi and Busi, Sergio Busquets, will play longer, even from the beginning. Everything will depend on how they feel. It's just their second game. Busquets and how he feels is the bigger question to me. And I know that might sound crazy. I feel like he can be more easily exploited if you're Atlanta United because you want to make him defend. You want to make him not have the ball very much. You want to make him less effective by taking the ball away from him. You want to also you know, figure out ways to put pressure on him. And I'm going to be fascinated to see how Atlanta United does that. Is it going to be Thiago Almada, the 10 matching up with Sergio Busquets, making sure that he can't get to the ball? Is it going to be uh, Yorgos Yakamakis dropping back into that role? Is it going to be a, a, a Tyler Wolf, uh, a Derek Etienne, you know, possibilities to, to start if Atlanta keeps with the 3-4-2-1 in that second kind of 10 role? How are they going to handle that, denying the ball to Busquets to start everything? You want to make him play sideways. You want to make him play backwards. You don't want to give him the opportunity to kickstart attacks. The other thing out of Tata Martino's media availability that I wanted to touch on just before we take a break is Jordi Alba could feature in the match tomorrow night, uh, according to Tata Martino. He arrived in town late last week. He could feature, not from the start, I wouldn't think, but that's another 30-plus-year-old player that can still defend. He's obviously a fullback, but he's an attacking fullback. So could be opportunities for Atlanta United to attack. We'll get a little bit more into League's Cup coming up in just a couple of minutes after we take this break. We'll get into Atlanta and Miami, but we'll also get into what you might have missed in the League's Cup since it kicked off on Friday night. Hang out with us on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight. We'll be right back. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back to more of Atlanta Soccer Tonight with Jason Longshore. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back. Atlanta Soccer Tonight live on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Jason Longshore. Here in Fort Lauderdale, getting ready for Atlanta United and Inter-Miami Leagues Cup opener for the Five Stripes. Second game of the Leagues Cup for Inter-Miami. We'll get you caught up on the tournament as a whole here in just a bit. This is a, a very interesting spot for Atlanta United because you're walking into... I don't know. It has like the feel. Uh, we'll find out what it feels like tomorrow. Uh, Seven o'clock with the five stripes countdown. Seven thirty-nine or so for the kickoff tomorrow night. Uh, you'll be able to listen to all that, of course, on ninety-two-nine. The game in the Odyssey app. I don't know what it's gonna feel like as we get close to kickoff at Drive Pink Stadium, but just watching everything from Friday night, and I don't think you're gonna have quite the maybe guest list that you did on Friday night, but it it had the feel of like walking into the hottest nightclub in town. It had a very different feel than previous times walking into Drive Pink Stadium. It had a different feel than a lot of MLS games have had. How does Atlanta United handle that feel? I mean, look, these are professional athletes and they have a job to do. These are also people who are incredibly passionate about this game. And you can't help but get amped to play the GOAT. One of the best to ever do it. Maybe the best. One of the best doing it currently. Maybe the best. You can't help but get amped for that. That can be a good thing. That can also be something where you have to really work hard to maintain your control. Be careful about flying into tackles because you're amped up. Be careful about overhitting passes and giving the ball away because you're amped up. But also that energy level is going to feed you at times. It's going to be fascinating to see. And there's just really not a point of comparison. You know, this is not going to... Carson, California, and playing Zlatan in 2018. Is that right? Yeah, 2018 when Atlanta United went out there and just thoroughly dominated the LA Galaxy. And Chris McCann really shut down Zlatan Ibrahimovic that day. This is not that. I mean, that was that was okay. It's a big game. About it. All right. No big deal. This is different. So how the players handle it is going to be just absolutely fascinating to me. Uh, really curious to see what kind of potential tactical tweaks we see with Miles Robinson back into the mix. You know, is it three center backs with Miles Robinson as one of those three? Is it a 4-3-3 three, three, and that could be with a double pivot, that could be with a single pivot? Um, and what's the personnel on, on all of that? Um it could be a lot of different things. 
And it could also be a lot of different things all in one. And that's something that we talked about when they shifted to the 3-4-2-1 to begin with. You had the ability with the people on the field, and I think you saw it at times. And if you go back and you look at the average positioning of players on the field, it was a 3-4-2-1, but there were a lot of times that it looked like a 4-3-3, which is what they were playing before, which they made the dramatic change to having an extra center back. So, like, it's going to be fluid. And I really think the keys in this, as Gonzalo Pineda said, you want to keep the ball and you want to take care of that and you want to prevent Miami from having the ball. You want them to get antsy. Come chase. They're the ones who have to entertain, not Atlanta United. I mean, Atlanta United's never going to be a club that would come into a game like this and park the bus. That's not what I'm saying they should do. But they're also not under any obligation to entertain the fans at Drive Pink Stadium tomorrow. Get the ball. Keep the ball. Be patient with the ball. Knock the ball around. Knock it sideways. Play it backwards. Reset. All the things that you need to do to counteract what Miami does well, which is use the ball effectively. You don't want Messi to have those opportunities. Obviously, you want to be careful about where you commit fouls because you don't want to end up on that highlight reel of flying through the air and not getting to it. You don't want that. Nobody wants that. You want to make Miami antsy. You want to make them feel like, wait a minute, we haven't had the ball for a couple minutes here. What, what's going on? We got to go get it and start chasing. Because if Miami starts chasing to get the ball, they're going to get stretched out and they don't have the kind of defensive abilities to handle that. Atlanta's got to keep their heads in this game. It's going to be a mental test as much as it is a physical and tactical test. It's an exciting test, and it's a big opportunity for Atlanta United, facing a team that really Miami is all but qualified for the knockout rounds in the League's Cup. I think they could lose 1-0 and still go through no matter what the result will be with Atlanta and Cruz Azul on Saturday. Remember, in this tournament, if it, the game finishes in a draw, there's no extra time. The game will go to a penalty shootout. Both teams will get a point in the draw, but then the penalty shootout will decide an extra bonus point. We've already seen that come into play in this tournament so far with actually quite a few shootouts. Let's go through some of the results in this tournament already. It started on Friday night. Of course, Miami beat Cruz Azul 2-1 late goal from Lionel Messi. Orlando drew with Houston in Central Florida, but Orlando won the shootout. Mazatlan went to Austin, and Austin FC against international teams and official competitions. I don't know what it is this year. They lost to Violette of Haiti. They lost to Mazatlan, who uh, that's not a game Austin should be losing, especially by two goals at home. Charlotte went on the road, got a late equalizer from Ben Bender in Dallas, and they got the 4-1 win in the shootout. So Charlotte got off to a great start here. Atlanta and Charlotte could meet up in this tournament. They're kind of in the same section of the bracket. That could be a game that we see if both teams continue to advance. The wildest game, the uh, sicko special of the League's Cup, was Leon and Vancouver that finished 2-2. And you thought, okay, no big deal. Going to go to the shootout. It'd probably be, you know, like 4-1, 5-4, 5-3, whatever. No, it finished 
15, Leon wins it in the 19th round of the shootout. The player who missed the deciding one for Vancouver off the post had already missed one before in the shootout. Total, total ridiculousness. Welcome to the League's Cup. Montreal and Pumas. Montreal 2-2 in regulation. And Montreal 1-4-2 in the shootout. The only scoreless game we've had so far is Red Bulls and New England. And Red Bulls 1-4-2 in the shootout. Those bonus points are going to be important. Philadelphia and Cholos of Tijuana. Philadelphia got the win at home 3-1. Miguel Herrera was not very happy after that. I think the best performance in the tournament so far has been from RSL. 3-0 win over the Seattle Sounders in Utah. But this RSL team, watch out for this group, especially now that they have Chicho Arango in the mix. This is a really good Real Salt Lake team, and it is not a fluke that they beat Seattle 3-0. This is a team that could really go deep in this tournament. Portland Timbers got a much-needed win over San Jose 2-0. Games yesterday, Atlas, 1-0 win in New York over NYCFC. There was a questionable goal that was ruled offside for the Pigeons. I actually think it was onside, and they looked at it for quite a while. I thought Justin Hack had regained his onside position before the last touch from an NYC player. He was coming back from an offside position, but I thought before that last touch, he had gotten back to an onside position. You can be offside and <laughs> return. You're, you're, you don't have to stand offside for the rest of the game. You can't come back from an offside position. You just have to establish yourself before that last touch. I thought he did. It's very, very close. And again, you're not using the Hawkeye technology in MLS or in League's Cup. You're using the camera angles and you're, you're looking at it. I thought they got that one wrong. Um, Atlas's social media department had some very interesting things to say about that. Eventually, they apologized. Um, if you haven't seen it, go look at Atlas's Twitter and look at the comparison that they made to people who disagreed that that goal maybe should have stood. Um, kind of some reckless throwing around of, of things there from the Atlas social media team. I'll be surprised to see if... The people who made that tweet are still in their position before the week is out. Um, never want to compare anything in anything to uh, Hitler's minister of information, but that's what Atlas did in complaining about a call that they actually won the game. Not that complaining about the call being wrong, complaining about people complaining about the call. I insanity, absolute insanity. Again, welcome to the League's Cup. Cincinnati and Sporting Kansas City, speaking of insanity, finished 3-3. 4-2 win on penalties for Cincinnati. You had a red card for Alan Polito with about as clear of a headbutt as you are ever going to see. He did get smacked in the back, but he got up and just went straight into somebody's face with his forehead. That's a red card. He's going to miss the, the game where he was going to get a chance to play against his former club, Chivas. He's going to miss that due to being suspended. Cincinnati got the bonus point there. Our friend Alec Can made a big save to ensure that. Nashville came back to win 2-1 at home over Colorado. Minnesota thrashed Puebla 4-0. And Columbus and St. Louis, that game got delayed because of weather. Columbus in Ohio ended up beating St. Louis all-cap city 2-1. 
Now, tomorrow, other games going on as well. Atlanta United and Inter-Miami, the only game at 7.30. Santos Laguna at Houston. That is an 8.30 kick. Dallas hosting Necaxa. That is a 9.30 kick. Dallas has one point so far in the tournament. Houston has one point as well. Necaxa and Santos Laguna have not played as of yet. Mazatlan, who's on three points, they are playing Juarez, a Liga MX versus Liga MX battle. Mazatlan is in great shape in their group. And out west on the west coast, LA Galaxy hosting Leon. Now, there's been some talk about that game with Leon and the Galaxy. Leon have been stranded in Vancouver. I don't know why they were trying to leave Vancouver now to go to LA. I don't know if they just wanted to stay in one place and train and then go the day before the game. But there were travel issues and to the point that there's been talk about Leon feeling like it's unfair that they're not going to get to L.A. with enough time to prepare. I don't know how that has been resolved or if it has been resolved. So potentially stay tuned on that 1030 kick tomorrow night with the Galaxy and Leon. This tournament's been a lot of fun. I have enjoyed it. I have enjoyed the games that I have seen. I've enjoyed the competitiveness of it. The shootouts, look, are a little bit different in this. Um, I mean, you want to get total sickos behavior on this. Go to the 35-yard shootout like MLS had back in the day. I would be all in on that. I know people complain about possible injuries with those. Having been an Atlanta Ruckus fan in 1995, I saw a lot of shootouts that year because the Ruckus were not good on the attacking side of things, and they played for shootouts, and they were really good in shootouts. I never saw anybody get hurt in the shootout. It was a lot of fun watching those 35-yard shootouts. I would be all about it. League's Cup is pretty crazy, but not that crazy. They have not gone down that road just yet. So we're dealing with the penalty shootouts, which... Again, they are important in terms of how teams are going to get positioned coming out of the group. You get a point, you're going to be in decent shape to advance if you get a result in your next game. If you get two points, you're going to be in great position to advance. But if you fail to get that extra point, you're going to be in some situations where teams that could have won the group if they had won a shootout are not going to win the group and they're going to go into a different slot in the bracket that's going to get very very interesting as we get into these second games for teams like Miami again like I said Miami is in a position to where they are all but assured with the three points they are all but assured of going through two out of the three teams in the group go through Miami has three points. Six is the max, obviously. I think the only way you could see them not go through is if Atlanta beats them tomorrow, but then Cruz Azul beats Atlanta on Saturday, and the way the tiebreakers fall with everybody on three points, Miami could get eliminated. That's asking a lot. Miami's in a good position, and I do wonder tomorrow night, as things go, I already said, Lionel Messi does not like to be subbed out of a game. I'm not talking about that. But Sergio Busquets, different conversation. Jordi Alba may be deciding to just get him some minutes to help knock the rust off rather than think about it tactically and think about it in terms of what's needed. I'm intrigued to see how Miami plays this as you get into the second half tomorrow night. Weather should not be a concern. Should be warm but not unbearably hot. Should be perfect conditions. We'll see how Miami plays it. We'll see how Atlanta plays it. Like I said, Atlanta needs the ball. 
more than 55% of possession, I feel like Atlanta is in a great position to beat Miami tomorrow night in Fort Lauderdale. All right, coming up next, after a short break, the 3-4-3, three local stories, four headlines, three things that make me smile about this game that we love so much. Coming up next on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app, more AST right after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. It's time to wrap up tonight's show with the 343. Three, four. Three. Three local stories, four headlines from around the world, and three things that made you smile about the game. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Welcome back. Atlanta Soccer Tonight, final segment here on 92.9, the game, and the Odyssey app. I'm Jason Longshore. Thanks for hanging out with me this evening. Live from Fort Lauderdale, ahead of tomorrow night's match, Atlanta United enter Miami. Five stripes countdown, 7 o'clock start. Kickoff will be just after 7.30. We will have a short full-time report for you tomorrow night before we have to hop on a plane, come back to Atlanta, and then get ready for Saturday with Cruz Azul coming to town in a game that will probably decide if Atlanta United has more games in the League's Cup to play. And you want those games because it's a big opportunity to replicate what the playoffs will be like, as well as it's a big opportunity to win a trophy. Top three in this tournament go into the CONCACAF Champions Cup for next year. A lot of money on the line, too. Quite the prize pool. So it is a big game tomorrow night, not just because of the new number 10 for Inner Miami and the new number five, for that matter. All right, it's the 343, three local stories, four headlines from around the world, and three things that make me smile about this game that I love so much. Let's start on the local side. Number one, the local connections for the Jamaican women's national team. Sole Washington made her World Cup debut in Jamaica's first match. Shayna Matthews also started in that game for Jamaica. Shayna played at Lovejoy High School here locally, and Sole Washington still plays at Shambly High School. She has a senior year coming up at Shambly after she was named the GHSA High School Player of the Year as a junior and won a state championship 
as a junior, <laughs> and they're only going to get better next year. Uh, Shayna is just an incredible story uh, from Lovejoy High School, played in college at, at Florida State, and has had three kids and came back not that long ago from having her third kid and started in a World Cup. And not just started, but Jamaica got their first point ever in the Women's World Cup with a big, big draw. But I love the, the local connections for Jamaica. And there's more coming. There's actually quite a few local players who have played in Jamaica's youth national teams. The reggae girls have a huge Atlanta connection. It is really cool to see, and I would love it if they can get out of the group stage at the World Cup. Number two on the local side, Nick Firmino became the single-season all-time record holder for goals scored last night for Atlanta United 2. He scored his 12th goal of the season, an absolute golasso, a free kick that Tiago Almada and Lionel Messi would both applaud. It was that good. Um, crazy game. If you were not with me last night at 7 o'clock when we were going to start a broadcast of Atlanta United 2 in Huntsville City, here on 92.9 The Game, um, unfortunately, field conditions at Fifth Third Bank Stadium uh, rendered that impossible. The match or the field was ruled unplayable by our, our, the center referee, uh, Adore Munroy, and also the professional referees organization and MLS Next Pro are all involved in that conversation. But a secondary field at the Children's Healthcare of Atlanta training ground was scrambled up, and we were able to get a broadcast up on, on my Soccer Down Here network. And that goal from Firmino, oh man, it was worth the wait. Uh, it did not hold up though, for the twos. They had a 2-1 lead that turned into a 4-2 loss. A great comeback for Huntsville City, and our old friend Jack Collison got a win in his 100th match as a manager. He had 60 of those with Atlanta United 2. Disappointing loss for Atlanta United 2. Some very good things in the game beyond Firmino's performance. Uh, I thought Aiden Torres, the 15-year-old, who's going to be a homegrown next year, for Atlanta United, he was really good as a central midfielder, had to play right back in the second half, and he was actually a very good right back. That was a position I'd never seen him play before. Did a good job. Unfortunately, Atlanta United, to let points slip away. At home, not the intended home for the match, but at home last night to Huntsville City. Full credit to Huntsville City. It was a very, very good second half. That's a strong, strong team when you look at MLS Next Pro. And Atlanta and Huntsville could be battling it out for a playoff spot as we get deeper into the second half of the season. Number three on the local side, the city of Atlanta has emerged, according to Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, as the front runner to be the next home for the U.S. Soccer Federation's headquarters and training center. Now, this was according to a person with knowledge of the negotiations who was not authorized to speak on the record. That's from Doug Robertson's article in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. This would be a headquarters training center, uh, a number of fields. I think 14 is what's been talked about. That could change depending on the actual land that this goes in, and, and I don't know where that would be. These are some very intriguing conversations Atlanta and Cary, North Carolina are two of the sites that are being discussed here, and it's kind of a no-brainer when you're talking about a training center portion of this to have it, I don't know, uh, in a city that has the world's busiest airport and you can pretty much fly in and out of from anywhere with a direct flight. 
that's going to be very important in this process. Of course, you got to get the right land and you got to get, you know, all those things nailed down. That's kind of the, the bigger issue here. But when you start looking at, okay, why Atlanta? It's easy to get in and out of. That's going to be a huge aspect. I'm very curious as to where it would be in Atlanta. I mean, you're going to need quite a bit of land if you're talking about 14 fields and a headquarters and a training center and all the different buildings that are going to go into that. Don't know where it would be, but it would be a good thing for the city of Atlanta, obviously, when you start talking about getting more games from U.S. national teams. And that would include the men's national team, who has not played a match that they scheduled in Atlanta since 1977. That was a friendly against China. There's only one other one. 1968, a World Cup qualifier against Canada, uh, both at the old Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. Yes, it, the U.S. men's national team played here in 2015. That was a CONCACAF tournament. CONCACAF booked that. The U.S. Soccer Federation has not had the men play here since 1977. They have had the women play here actually quite a few times, which is great. I'd also like to see some youth national team games here too while we're at it. So I would love it. Fingers crossed we'll keep you posted on all of that. And great reporting from Doug Robertson in the AJC to bring that news to you earlier today. Four headlines from around the world as we're starting to run out of time just a bit. Kylian Mbappe, his time in Paris might be uh, running out. But where's he going to go? Because he doesn't want to renew his contract at PSG. PSG doesn't want him to walk away for free, which I, I kind of understand both sides of that. Well, Al-Hilal from Saudi Arabia has reportedly made a record $332 million bid for Kylian Mbappe. It would see him join Cristiano Ronaldo and quite a few others in, in the Saudi Arabian League. PSG confirmed that the offer has been made from Al-Hilal, and they gave Al-Hilal permission to open negotiations directly with Mbappe. Sources told ESPN that Mbappe is not interested. The, the deal reportedly would just be 12 months. It would be the transfer fee of $332 million, and then they would sign him to some absurd amount of money to play a season at Al-Hilal and then go to Real Madrid which is where he is reportedly going to end up. Sources told ESPN that if Mbappe goes to Real Madrid on a free transfer next summer, he would potentially get a 100 million euro signing on fee. Real Madrid also doesn't want to pay a transfer fee. This is going to be very weird in how it all shakes out. So stay tuned. I personally don't think he goes to the Saudi Arabian League for a year at all, but I don't know how this is going to get resolved. It's very tricky. Number two on the headlines, the best two performances so far in the Women's World Cup, Germany with a 6-0 win over Morocco in their first ever World Cup game, Brazil with a 4-0 win over Panama in their first ever World Cup game, maybe a trend there, Ari Borges with a hat trick for Brazil. The Brazil one, they're both important in different ways. Germany had that loss to Zambia before the World Cup started. That was shocking and made you wonder if Germany was a true contender in this tournament. They are. They, they, they showed you that in their first game. Brazil is the one that I thought might be a little bit of a dark horse to make a deep, deep run. I'm talking semifinal run in this tournament. But I wasn't sure how I felt about that. I feel a lot better about that possibility. This is a really good Brazilian team. And with that veteran leadership of somebody like Marta and others, 
And with the young talent coming through, this is a Brazilian team that could be dangerous in this tournament. They are on the, they're probably going to be on the other half of the bracket from the United States. Maybe they meet in the final. You never know. Number three on the headlines, and we're going to have a lot more when it comes to the Women's World Cup tomorrow. Jessica Charman and I are recording a podcast to recap everybody's first round of games in the tournament. But England, and I'm going to be talking to Jess about this one. This is number three on the headlines. 1-0 win. They had to scrape by against Haiti. Great, great performance from Haiti. But Serena Wiegman, the manager for England, said they were missing their ruthlessness. Said they played hard game. They were ready. Um, gave Haiti a ton of credit. So they played a very good game, too. They played unpredictably. They were very direct, very strong in the counterattack. And that was what gave England some problems. They good, Great goalkeeping from Carole Theus for Haiti, but also Haiti on that counterattack. That was causing England some problems. So when you're looking at England being a team that can make it to the World Cup final, you might have a little bit of pause about that now. Number four on the headlines, USA, Netherlands, Wednesday night. It's a 9 o'clock game. The U.S. looked okay. Uh, that's not fair. They looked good in game one against Vietnam. I thought Vietnam looked really good compared to what I expected them to look like. I thought the U.S. looked good. They didn't take advantage of their chances. They've got to do that going forward in this tournament. I, I think you're seeing these games be a little tighter so far in the tournament than maybe we all expected. Will that maintain throughout the rest of the group stage? I, I don't know. I'm not so sure. I, I think there is some some definite gaps in quality. This is the toughest game the U.S. will face in the group stage. You cannot afford to miss six of your eight big chances against the Dutch. They will punish you. The U.S. has to be better on Wednesday. We will break everything down from Wednesday night on an AST special at 11 o'clock right after that game ends. Jessica Charman will be joining me here on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. All right, quickly, three things that make me smile about this game. I mentioned it earlier, but Jamaica's first point in Women's World Cup history. If you have not followed the story of the reggae girls and, and everything that they have had to do because, frankly, the Jamaican Football Federation is pretty incompetent. Everything that that team has gone through to get that point, you could see it on their faces, but how much it means to them, how much it means to young girls in Jamaica, how much it means for meaningful change from the Jamaican Football Federation in treating the reggae girls with the respect that they deserve. A momentous occasion for Jamaica to get that point. Number two, Julie Ertz and her return to the spotlight. One of my favorite players in the world. Uh, Julie Ertz is just an incredible leader on the field. And I had questions about playing her at center back. I kind of still do because of just what it can do for the team. Not that she can't handle it, but what it takes away from your midfield. My guess is Vlatko Andonovsky has settled on her playing center back in this tournament. Andy Sullivan's got to hold it down in the midfield. But Julie Ertz just getting back to this point and being this vital, because I think she's the most important player for the U.S. in the tournament. I think her playing at her best, the U.S. can win the tournament. If she's not, I don't know if they can. I truly don't. And that's at center back or central midfielder. Just Julie Ertz and getting her back to this stage. It's been so, so good to see. I'm so glad that she is back with the U.S. women's national team. And the last one on things that make me smile about this game, the League's Cup. It's got craziness in it. We had a 19-round shootout. It's got drama. It's got controversy 
decisions on, on VAR that team admins are probably going to get fired over their comments on. It's got headbutts. It's got everything. This League's Cup tournament has been everything MLS and Liga MX wanted so far. We're only a few days into it. We're going to find out a lot more about it tomorrow night. 7 o'clock, Five Stripes Countdown kicks off on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. The game itself will kick off just after 7.30. Atlanta United, Inter-Miami, Tiago Almada versus Lionel Messi. All of the things. It's going to be a blast from Drive Pink Stadium. I cannot wait to get in there tomorrow and bring this game to you. Thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight, though, on 92.9 The Game for our little soccer party on the radio. Y'all have a good rest of the night. Adios, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.